Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Nick Staggy. Nick, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here and I'm um, just anxious to kind of hear your backstory and you know, we chat a little bit off camera and, and um, I am expecting a, a 12 out of 10 on the, uh, the, the, the no, entertainment no. factor because somebody's got to carry me during this conversation. So I'm relying heavily on you to do that. I always try to set the bar really low. This is the episode <laughs> you, you uh, if you haven't listened to all of your other episodes, don't listen to this one yet. <laughs> That's right. Or maybe listen to this one first. That's right. <laughs> right. It only gets better with time. You know, it yeah. only gets better from here. That's right. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. I'm not going to let you off that easy. So tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm um, recently CEO at VidArmy, a, a video production agency that is is focused on making video accessible to everyone and, and every company, regardless of size. And we take a different approach from most video agencies out there. We're, we're really focused on being transparent with pricing and, and making video affordable. We're really focused on improving process and leveraging technology to make it as easy as possible as it can be. And we're still highly focused on delivering top quality professional grade content that that helps companies tell their stories and drive their their goals and ambitions so it's been it's been a really fun i mean i I think i might be coming up on four months right now and it's just been an incredibly fun and uh rewarding 120 days so far so obviously you're ready to write a book on leadership and lessons learned over the 20 years or, or four months of, of uh, leadership experience you've got, but they do go a little deeper dive. Tell us about family. Tell us about how, how you kind of led into VidArmy and what, what was the path leading up to that? Yeah, I, I will say my leadership book is uh, all the things not to do <laughs> a lesson. Uh, <laughs> a shortcut to good management. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good. So more importantly than work, I've been married for almost 20 years now, and we have we have four beautiful kids. My my wife just couldn't keep her hands off me, so we uh, we have anything from a 16 year old and and boy, let me tell you, trying to teach her how to drive. I, I might not make it alive out of 2020, but it, it won't be because of all the stuff that's happening in the world. It it'll be because I'm teaching her how to drive. Closer to home, yeah, yeah. And we have all the way down to a little five year old. And had he been our first, he'd have been our last. The kid is the epitome of a problem child. And uh, it's just good times. So my uh, growing up, my dad was just like this incredibly hard worker and ambitious guy. And and like most people in their careers, he saw a a lot of success and a lot of failure. And his, his journey was up and down regardless of whether he was on a high or on a low, my dad always told me, Nick, it's important that you remember that you work for your family and you work with your, your employees and your employer Wow. and, and keep that in mind. And so throughout my journey, that's, that's something that has just stuck with me. Like 
why am I here? What am I really working for? And it, it helps puts a lot of things into perspective. And I, I think it also lends itself to why I work so hard and, and why I'm pushing and challenging myself because I want to create a lifestyle for my family that is centered around me being there and having time with them and taking care of our basic human needs. And along the way, if we can have some fun with some luxuries, great, that, that's good too. But, um, you know, th those are the, that's the thing that gets me up and out of bed and, and driving towards disrupting the video agency at VidArmy or um, working on, on building the first of its kind advocacy marketing platform at GoPro. Um, or, or wherever I've been in the past, it, it's been kind of the engine under the hood, if you will, the, for a really terrible analogy that has just got me up and running. And I, I've had this very wild career where I've, I've done 10 years in retail. I've done um, half as much time working directly for manufacturers like Skullcandy and GoPro. And that same amount of time, again, working in tech and running running marketing for tech companies. So it's a, when you look at it on paper, you're like this, you know, what in the world is going on here? But all of those decisions have been based on one, how am I, how am I really taking care of my family? Mm -hmm. And two, I find that when I'm not challenged, I'm bored. And when I'm bored, I'm a terrible teammate and I'm a terrible employee. So I, I'm always looking for the next industry or role or problem to solve that has me sauced to get up and, and go solve a big problem. I, I was going to ask you, because when you said that, I, before we kind of got in, get to talking about BitArmy, I'm, I'm really curious because I, I mean, I, I asked this question a lot to guests on the, on the podcast about the whole idea of how important is it to be passionate about what you do? You know, so how, what, what's your personal philosophy on that? I mean, it, it sounded like that I could, I could almost lean you into one camp just based on some of the things you said, but, but I don't want to lead the witness counselor. So you, you tell me what, how, how important do you think it is? I think it's everything. Um, legitimately, I had a, a friend text me today and say, when is, when do you know it's time to start looking for a new, a new job? And my answer was, um, I think fairly simple, but it's something I believe just to the core of me. And that is you want to run towards something new. You don't ever want to run away from something. Hmm. And because when you, when you're like, I'm bored, I'm not passionate about this and I just have to get the heck out of here. You end up making a, a bad decision. But when you say, Hey, I'm starting to lose passion. I'm starting to think that maybe there's something else. I'm going to go chase a new opportunity. I'm going to go, right. It's more about forward thinking than yeah. running from a problem. I and love I that. Think yeah. That that speaks to passion, mm -hmm. and, and that speaks to um, what really drives me is I think you you have to find passion, and you can do that in all sorts of ways. When I left GoPro, we were, I knew that we were going public soon um and i left gopro for a company that most people couldn't pronounce their name experticity and i had so many 
friends and, and, you know, colleagues within the industry kind of scratching their head going, you're, you're leaving GoPro. And this was GoPro, you know, 2014. It was like the pinnacle of GoPro. Um, they're getting ready to go. Everyone knows they're getting ready to go public and you're going to this, this small MarTech company based out of Salt Lake. Like what in the world? And, and for me, it was one of the easiest decisions I've ever made because one at GoPro, I was traveling 300 days a year. Wow. Literally packing my bags and going internationally for 300 days a year. It's hard on a family. And, and Kevin, it hit me when my, at the time, my like 10 year old, I packed my bags. I was going on a 30 day trip to Asia. She was, I, I distinctly remember she was sitting at the counter eating cereal. And as I was walking out, I was like, Parks, I got to go. I'm going to be gone for a long time. I love you. Come give me a hug. And she kind of turned around and she was like, love you, dad. <laughs> turned back and started eating her cereal. And I was like, whoa, this yeah. is not the sort of dad I want to be. Mm. So in that sense, it was really easy personally. Well, professionally, it was also really easy because I was a marketer who reported to the sales team. So from a sales stand, from the organization I worked within, my glass ceiling was pretty much, I was there. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to grow outside of that glass ceiling at, or outside of that ceiling at, at GoPro, I was going to have to get into marketing, but I was an outcast to the marketing team because I had been in the sales department. Yeah. So it felt like, wow, I, I am capped here. I can't really truly grow and challenge myself. And I was still challenged at that moment, but I saw the future being mm. something where it was stagnant and it wasn't exciting. And I had an opportunity to go to a tech company where they support brands like GoPro. I was a client uh, doing the things that I do, but I was going to be able to learn marketing, work directly on a marketing team, learn the world of tech and expand my network outside of just working at GoPro, but suddenly being able to say, I'm doing marketing and, and um, CX with 500 really cool brands across the globe. To me, it was like, it's so easy. It's so easy to make this decision. I, I'm curious though, like, you know, you almost describe your career path, like, you know, throwing your resume in a blender you know, type thing. So I mean, that's the, that's the analogy I got when you were talking about, well, I was this and I was this, and I was this, and I, you know, there's no really clear, you know, consistent pathway, but in essence there, there really was, I mean, one built on the next. And as you look back, I mean, I, I think of everything you mentioned almost prepared you in some way to be sitting right there in that chair talking to me right now. But what was the main driver of starting a video company like if you look back at all of the yeah. you know, jobs you had, what was the thing? Was it working at GoPro? Was it working at this marketing company? What was it that, that you think really prepared you to lead a video company? Well, so to, so to be fair, I did not found VidArmy, but I, I uh, sat on their advisory board for about eight months and then joined as CEO. And for, for me, it's, it's so funny because the, the guy who texted me today and was like, Hey, when should I leave? Years ago, he came to me and said, look, I'm in sales. 
I want to be in marketing, but I make too much money in sales to transition without any experience into marketing and make the same amount of money. Golden like, handcuffs. Do, yeah. Yeah. What do I do? And I was like, oh, that's a tough call. I'm, I'm not sure. And he goes, well, what if I just came and worked for you for free? And in exchange, you helped teach me marketing and, and kind of served as a mentor. And one, I'm not qualified for that. And I told him so for a while. And eventually he broke me down. I was like, okay, sure, let's, let's go for this. But what's so interesting about that is I went home to my wife and I was like, you got to hear this story. Like how incredible that this guy's taking that sort of risk and uh, making this dream a priority of his. And she flipped that around on me and she said, well, look, okay, you're a CMO of a tech company, but what is it that you want? And are you willing to make those same sort of sacrifices to get there? You said, hold on there, sister. Yeah. (laughs) I asked the tough questions here. (laughs) Ouch. I don't know if that hurt. I mean, I definitely married up. My, yeah. my wife is incredibly smart and, and intuitive. And, and so I told her, well, I think it's, I want to be a CEO and, and maybe, or maybe just, you know, be an advisor on a board of a, of a fun, creative company. And as I said that, I realized, oh my gosh, I just hired VidArmy to run videos for me. And I really love this. And I think I could help them. So I went to VidArmy and I said, I want to sit on your board as an advisor and I'll do it for free. And I, I want the experience and I'll, I'll put a whole bunch of effort into it to make it work for you guys. And um, they said, yes. And eight months later, they came to me and said, we realize that we have, have grown to a point where we need someone with more experience to step in as CEO and lead. We know that you don't have CEO experience, but we think that, that you have that capability and we know that you have that ambition. What do you say? And, and you work for again, free. So, I mean, it's, it's a win-win. Right. <laughs> but, but so at that point I was like, one, I'm in, but two, I, I'm going to fail a whole bunch. Uh, I'm going to make a whole ton of mistakes. And uh, I would, I would, as an advisor to VidArmy, I would advise that you don't make this decision. All that said, if the offer's still on the table, I'm in. And here we are. I read something on LinkedIn this week that said that the the guy was one of these pithy little, you know, memes or whatever that said, I never lose. I either win or learn. (laughs) And and I thought, you know, that there's, there's a lot of truth to that. And it's, it's more of a mindset, I think, than it is actually, you know, maybe an actuality, but just to have that, that perspective that says, you know what, if in baseball, if you, if you're, if you are one out of three, you're a hall of famer. You know, so how do you, how do you kind of transition that into kind of life experience? And, and, uh, but I, I'm curious, you know, you've, you've been there four months, but I have a feeling that you've, you've certainly encountered, you know, a lot of kind of the, the CEO roller coaster, you know, that you've, you've yeah. had to deal with and, you know, staffing issues and COVID and everything else that's hit you, for, you know, since late summer or mid to late summer 2020, you know, to today. So yeah. how's, how's it been so far? Well, your roller coaster is a good way of saying it. We, uh, we've had, um, we've had ownership change where we've had a, one of the three co-founders um, where we've, we've essentially bought out of the business and, and, you know, he had a, an enormous impact on what VidArmy was and and it was hard to see him go but it was also i think the right thing for both vid army and and him 
Um, but, but that's not something that you, you sign on as, as a new CEO and then three and a half months later, look sure. back and go, wow, we, we're, we're down to two co-founders and, yeah. and everything that you learn through that experience. Um, cash flow too, huh? What's that? that, can, that buying somebody out this early can also hit your cash flow too. Yeah, it, it has all sorts of um, downstream impacts, mm -hmm. certainly. And the good news is revenue has our revenue in June compared to our revenue in October, just month over month, six X. Wow. August, September, October, and hopefully November, you know, we're a few days in still. Um, we continue to see that grow, but so too has our operating expenses. Mm -hmm. um, our bandwidth coming from tech, when you scale, your margins improve when you grow revenue in an agency, you have to grow bandwidth. And so your yeah. operating expenses grow and sure. you have to find a way to be able to rethink that model. Um, it's been really interesting just in the last two weeks, I've had two separate conversations with, with people within the community, uh, within the video production community come to me and, and basically say like, you know, you, our community is small. You got to make some changes. And I politely look back across the table and I was like, Oh, it's good to know that, uh, I'm, I'm like making progress on some of my goals. Right. Uh, I, I hope I, I am hear from you in another three months, you yeah. know? <laughs> so vet army is really disrupting the industry in, in an industry where it's been a race to the top. Literally mm -hmm. most industries right now are a race to the bottom and video has been to the top it's a badge of honor to be able to say ah, that one minute video is going to cost you a million dollars or a hundred thousand bucks or whatever the price is that is outrageous. And the truth is customers and viewers, they primarily, they just want frequent, authentic, real and professional, sure. but it doesn't have to be mission impossible. Yep. Um, and so for us to come in and say, look, you, you, uh, mom and pop dentist office or, uh, Mexican restaurant, La Garnacha, or um, tech company, Canopy, or Instructure. We work with a wide, like we can do videos and whatever your video budget was, put five to 10% of that towards us and then take the other 90 to 95%, put it in the bank, put it towards distributing that video and optimizing ROAS against it in paid advertising go, go send your team on a, on a, um, executive leadership trip, like do whatever you want with it, but don't spend it on video and video agencies don't like that right now, but it is the way Talking. of the future and they're <laughs> going to get behind it or they're probably going to get run over by it. I, um, so it's interesting. It's, it's easy to say we can do this for, for 10% of what you're spending somewhere else, but how do you, I mean, that's a, that's a wide gap to have yeah. to bridge. So yeah. what are, you know, what's kind of that, you know, I, you know, you can't get too deep in this, but what, what's the secret sauce behind this that says, you know, these are things that in general we figured out that are, are replicable and, and really, you know, are scalable and really help us, you know, kind of reduce the back end costs of, of development. Yeah. I, I think it really comes down to, expectations and process, you know, because it's, because the mentality has been race to the top to prove your worth, 
there's a lot of um, things about video that's, that's shrouded in mystery. And we just take that away. And we're like, look, this is exactly what you get. And if you don't like that, that's okay. Here's a different package for you. And this is exactly what you get. And if you don't like that, that's okay too. Here's, here's another package. And if you don't like that, let's talk about what you really need and we can custom build out a mm -hmm. plan. But most customers are like, yeah, that first one, that covers all my needs. I don't need uh, a Harmon Brothers video. Now, Harmon Brothers, I talk to those guys all the time. I love and respect them. They're, they have an insanely awesome business and model. Like, kudos to them. But not, not everyone can afford working with Harmon Brothers. That's the unicorns pooping, pooping rainbows and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, squatty potty. I mean, <laughs> they, they put a video together and it, it's great, but you got to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so one is just setting clear expectations. This is how we work and this is what you get in return. And then the other is creating a, a process that automates it. Look, for the most part, Kevin, when people sign our basic plan, you can get it anywhere from a thousand bucks to 500 bucks a shoot, depending on how many shoots you buy. We have an automated email that goes out and says, fill out this brief. And then we have an automated email that goes out and says, great, schedule time in our studio. And then we show up for an hour and we film based on the brief that they created. And then we have editors who edit it. And a $500 package, we, we legitimately can have a seven to eight X margin on. Wow. And, and people don't think that it's, that it's possible, but it, we're doing it and, yep. and it is possible. And, and we have customers that are coming back for more. So that also sells your next package up next time. And, and, uh, cause you're, you're kind of building a track record in almost in reverse. And, um, but one yeah. thing I think that, you know, you mentioned kind of race to the top, I think you exclude so many, you know, potential clients if, you know, everything costs a million dollars. I mean, if a, if a two minute video costs a million dollars, you've got a very small pool of people that can afford that. So you've left out 99.9% .9 of, you know, small businesses in America, you know, that I think you're, yeah. you're fishing in a, in a much wider pool, you know, much yeah. broader, broader area. I met with a really cool uh, founder of a video agency in, in Utah, really, really like and respect the guy, Brent from BW Productions. Um, and, and he was like, you know, for, for our business model, a video less than $10,000 just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that we're not competing with him. Right. We have, we have over a hundred customers and none of which are paying $10,000 for a single video. Not one. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take the, the masses. And what's interesting is as we do that, we build, we're building a reputation and we're building muscle and process to turn around and compete in some sense with, with the BWs of the world where they're going to charge 10,000. And we're like, we've actually streamlined the process. We can do it for five. Mm -hmm. And because our margin on the other things are so great and we're, we're, we're making it there we can afford to come down a little bit lower because our blended margin is really strong still. Yeah, yeah. And then you start getting those customers in and that business compounds and grows. And, and uh, I think good things can happen from it. So is your, so Vid Army, are they, are they located there in Utah or is it kind of a distributed workforce? How's, how's, what's the business model? Right now, our team, we have, we have our VP of operations in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is based in Utah. Um, we 
we would love to, and it is, it is a vision of ours to have uh, production teams based all over the country. And, and to do that where we have a, a DP and an AC and a grip in Flint, Michigan and Scranton, Pennsylvania and, you know, wherever, but our home office hub with sales, marketing, editing, pre-production is all here in Utah. Mm -hmm. And we, we can scale that really quickly. But when I came to VidArmy four months ago, one of the goals that they had given me, the founders was, we, we want to be in another market by the end of the year. And I, it was the first thing where I was like, no, I, I, I disagree and here's why. Our process is not, is not simple, simple enough yet. It's not operating quickly enough. And to me, moving from Salt Lake to a sister office in Arizona is kind of like uh, a young couple experiencing relationship problems who think getting married is going to solve them. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I'm like, let's fix the relationship here and then let's get married. And, and then let's have a great marriage and then have a baby. Right. And um, so we're working on it and we're, we're, we're building in Utah something that we think and, and are planning on recreating across the country. And that's when the VidArmy business model goes from good to great when we can start making that happen. What about internationally? Have you looked at, at, you know, trying to attract talent from, you know, Europe, from East Asia? You know, what about in incorporating a, a broader scope or are you really focusing more just on the U.S. market? Even, I mean, from labor and, and from marketing standpoint. Yeah, um, from, from, I will say we, we just did work with a company based out of Beijing and they sent us their product and we filmed here. Mm. So we're okay working with customers in Beijing or we have a shoot next week, a company based out of Manhattan, you know, but we want to film here. We want to do our work in Utah at the moment. Um, I, I think it's important that we keep our eye on, on how we deliver right now. Mm. And we don't, we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. Now, we have grandiose visions sure. we, we, and, and some of which are very well thought out and some of which are a little hazy still. Um, but I think we need to do Salt Lake first and then surrounding markets, Phoenix, Denver, Las Vegas second. And then, you know, maybe we look at, at um, something like Toronto or mm -hmm. Vancouver and, and right. we, we inch our way along and, and it doesn't mean that we have to do that slowly but I think we have to do it strategically before all of a sudden we're like, yep, we got a video house in Amsterdam. Yep. There's just so many variables that, that come with that, that become really tough. So as a, as a disruptive force and kind of a, you know, a, a market that, that like you said, is, is racing to the top. What is the competitive advantage? Is it just, you know, first to market? in this in this new way of doing things i mean what's the what's proprietary what's keeping somebody from from saying hey that's a great business model we're just gonna we're just gonna be you know vid army you know <laughs> we're just gonna do it like they do it you know sorry i then remembered this is a family friendly <laughs> show um, but i think i think the answer is just guts yeah um we're using the same equipment as everyone else. We edit 
just like everyone else does. We, um, we use the same tools and programs as everyone else does. We just have the guts to say, we don't have to do what everyone else has done. We're going to do it different. And it took, it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, Levi, our, our founder, he worked without a paycheck for years, two years. Um, he, he grinded it out and, mm -hmm. and made it work. And not everyone's willing to do that. Um, I'm so grateful that, that Levi was, and that despite whatever roadblocks were put in front of him, he believed so much in the model that he just put his head down and did his best to run through that freaking wall. Right. Um, so I don't think that there's anything proprietary. I don't think, look, we're, we want to be as transparent as possible. Call us. We'll tell you what our plans look like. We'll tell you what our pricing options are. Like it's a thousand dollars, $2,000 or 3000, depending on the package, the more you buy, the better the discount. Like that, that's a part of it is we're being transparent. We don't have to hide behind it. Right. Um, so if somebody wanted to recreate it, they could. And, and I imagine that people will, and it's, it's not our job to prevent people from doing that. Mm -hmm. It's our job to make sure that we're staying ahead of the people that, that get on that bandwagon, because this is the, the way that video production is moving. Right. I, and I, I'm absolutely, you know, convinced you're, you're right. And, but I, I just was curious kind of what, you know, your internal conversations are going, okay, so do we, you know, I mean, you're, you're seemingly very methodical about how you're trying to lay the foundation there locally and then kind of build, you know, systematically in, in different cities, kind of even Midwest, Mountain West, you know, region, but how, how you would keep somebody from, you know, I mean, there's, there's, I guess that, that balance as a founder where you're saying we've got to grow and we've got to expand, you know, because we do want to be first to market, you know, so to speak versus, you know, getting so far ahead of ourselves that we create cash flow problems or we create, you know, we lose quality control or all the things that can happen by growing too fast. So it, it's, it's an interesting balancing act. It, it really is. Um, it's funny when, when I interviewed at Skull Candy and when I interviewed at GoPro, I asked the exact same question. And at the time I really loved, I really loved the answer of Skull Candy. And then later I realized it's, it wasn't a good answer, but when I, when I interviewed there, I asked them, who are your competitors that scare you? And it was like, nobody. We're, we're number two in the world right now. We're going to be number one. We're going to smash people, yada, yada, yada. We, you know, like, we're not looking in the rear view mirror. We're looking ahead. And it was like nine months later, here comes Beats. And suddenly no one gave two craps about Skull Candy. <laughs> when I left Skull Candy to go to GoPro, one of the questions I asked them was, Who's in the rearview mirror? Who scares you? And Mike Perez um, answered, and he gave me the greatest answer. He says, "Right now, GoPro owns ninety nine point six percent of the market share." I was like, "Oh, wow!" And he goes, "Right, so there's 0.4 percent that's split between a bunch, but we think that this company, this company, this company, and this company have real potential to take that four, you know, 0.4 percent, half a percent, let's call it, and could turn it into 10, 15, 20 percent." So our mission is to continue doing what GoPro is doing best, but also to make sure that we smash those people and they never, they never see the daylight, the light of day. Uh, Contour was one of those companies that if you remember back in 2013, 2014, they were making strides. 
they're, they're gone. Yep. They're gone. Right. So we, we have our eye on, we're looking behind us, but, but we're still charging forward. And um, I thought that was just, that was a lesson learned for me that, that I think I'll carry for a very long time. So was it because Contour got on the radar of GoPro that they, they became a threat? It's because Contour started seeing success. Yeah. Customers started liking it and GoPro was like, wait a second. But if you think about the math, that's they Contour was splitting 50 cents for every, uh, you know, hundred dollars that GoPro was making. Yep. And yep. GoPro was looking back going like, <laughs> no, I want that 50 cents back. That's I mean, interesting. It's, it's pretty savage, really. So do you have a GoPro in your industry that is noticing you being coming on their radar? Uh, well, I think it's all of the, the video production agencies that don't want to be transparent with pricing and don't want to come down and make video accessible to everybody else. But I think there's a level of, I, I don't want to use the word arrogance, but I think there's this level of disbelief that our model is real and that yep. it's sustainable. And, and look, like as long as they want to believe that, that's just better for us. Absolutely. It, it helps us widen the gap between yep. them and us. And by hopefully by the time they realize, you know, it's too late for anybody to come and really, really uh, smash us into the ground. Mm -hmm. There will be competition. There will be other agencies that do this and do it well. And there will be agencies that don't do this and they stick to the old model and they continue to crush and, and have strong reputations and deliver on their clients. And, and that's what makes the market so awesome. Right. I, I, I love the, I mean, hearing your answers. I mean, you know, you talk about, I've been a CEO for four months, but actually you've been preparing for this for a long time and i i like to think so thank you <laughs> I, i'm man there are so many mistakes i've made so many nights i go home and i'm like what have i done you didn't lose you 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 either want or <laughs> I'm learn still here. that's right you're still standing <laughs> so you're thank still you standing. Thank yeah you i that. i mean i i uh i love this conversation i just love hearing the story of it army i i I kind of want to wrap up with just a couple of questions that, that uh, I'd like to really touch on. Um, one, just tell me how you guys have dealt with COVID and how, you know, has it, has it been an, an impact on you or are you, you know, is it online enough that, that you didn't have to worry about that? Or how did you kind of have to adjust since, say, summer on? It definitely hurt business early on. And uh, while we've seen incredible growth, August through now, um, it was fairly stagnant the first part of the year. And we, we did have a month that was scary, that, that dropped real low. Um, and, and it's real. And it's something that, that we have to be thoughtful of around our business and, and how we interact with customers. Because, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, our team can work remote and anywhere. And we support right. that. But our filmers, uh, they're with people every single day. And so we, we want to be really thoughtful about protecting our employees and protecting the people that we're filming and, and working with on set. So we follow all the CDC guidelines and, and we, um, we encourage healthy social distancing. Um, but, but it is something that unfortunately I think is affecting everyone right now. And we're, we're like the rest of the, the world where we figured some things out and other things we certainly haven't. 
we, we've had employees who have been positively diagnosed with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we have, we, we, we've had one employee, I think it's fair to say, but we have not spread. So we, we were able to maintain that to one employee. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that we're really proud of. Um, and we have, that employee was not in connection with any customers. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's some things that, that um, we're excited about, but, but we're just, we, we want to be a part of the solution and, and prevention. And yet we also have to interact with people in person. And so right. it, it has created a, an interesting dynamic. So, I mean, I think of things like Zoom, toilet paper, you know, these things that, that really have, have benefited greatly because of COVID, you know. So, I mean, I can almost see that it's, it's like a double-edged sword. I mean, there, there may be some instances where it's really to your benefit because as budgets tighten, as, you know, people have to look for alternative ways of getting things accomplished. I mean, I would think that, that companies would even consider you even more now because of the tighter budgets and, and you know, let's, we got to be a little more creative on how we do things. Have you seen, it's kind, of, it's kind of a short runway, but have you seen that a little bit too? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the events that, that are happening, we're in, we're in Utah, the Silicon Slopes and every tech company has their annual summit yeah. that they can't have anymore. And so we film, we film those annual summits and then help distribute the mm. content for, for these companies. Um, e-commerce, I would associate with Zoom and toilet paper. Right. E-com has blown up. Yep. Many manufacturers and many agencies that are supporting e-com, they don't have content to help convert at a high level. So they yep. need video and they need, they need product photography. And so there's a lot of things that we uh, have, have been able to take and leverage into new business. I, yeah, I, I can, I can certainly see that. I mean, just other, other founders I've chatted with that are, that are kind of in a similar space. I've, I've seen that, you know, just the uniqueness of how COVID has impacted business and, and um, you know, how they've had to adjust. And I'm, I'm curious, I, I want you to kind of speak directly to our audience right now as a, you know, kind of an early stage founder and tell me what you wish you would have known even six months ago, five months ago, four months ago, that you know now that would have made your life easier even in the last four months? Is there one thing that really kind of sticks out? You think, man, I had no idea when I stepped into this, this role that I, and now I, I realize this. Um, oh man, that, that's hard. I, I think it's really, if, if you're thinking about starting a business, if you're thinking about joining a startup, you you have to i believe you have to believe in the company because you're going to forfeit things that you're normally used to like health insurance like uh, a higher salary like hey welcome to the team can you use your personal computer as your work computer and will you take the trash Um, out mr vice president (laughs) yeah like welcome so, you know, you have to, you have to believe in the company and be willing to make those short-term sacrifices in hopes of long-term success. And if you're not willing to make that, that risk, and if you're not okay with either outcome, you're probably not ready for startup. 
you have to be okay thinking, wow, in six months, I might not have a job. I'm going to have to go find something else because the company didn't work. Yep. Um, you simultaneously have to be okay thinking to yourself, in six months, I'm still going to be working a ton of hours and uh, sacrificing financially and in, in these other ways, but it's because we're growing and, and there will be that payout. And that payout doesn't necessarily have to be financially, although I think it could and probably should be. Um, but it, it is very much a razor thin edge. And mm. if, if you're not ready to fully commit, don't do it. Wow. I, I, it's interesting. I, I had not told Nick that I was going to ask that question beforehand. So that was kind of on the fly. That is, that is really a great answer. I, I really appreciate you kind of as you wrapped us up today. So tell folks where the best place to find you online and also maybe drill down a little bit and, and kind of like who is, who's an ideal client that might be listening that might benefit from your services. Yeah. An ideal client, man, anybody. And, and, and that sounds bad, but we work with dentist office, real estate agents, tech companies, consumer good brands, event companies, 501Cs. Um, we work with e-com only companies. We work with agencies. If you have a, a company, you need to tell your story to, to your customers. And video is a great way to tell your story. You can do that more affordably and easier than ever before with VidArmy. So, um, that's a, that's a broad range, but if you're, if you're listening to this and you have a heartbeat, VidArmy is someone that you should be talking to. And, and you can find us uh, at vidarmy.com or on LinkedIn or Instagram. And same with me. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter at, at Nick Staggy. That is vidarmy, V-I-D-Army.com is the, is the website that you need to go to. And Nick, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope you get to uh, maybe enjoy the slopes of Utah this weekend. And is there, is there snowfall out there? Do you, do you have snow on the slopes? We do. We filmed with Kemper snowboards uh, this week up on the rooftop terrace and we just, it dumped on us and the mountains. So uh, we've, we've got snow and, and we're, we're gearing up to, to, to uh, hit the slopes. Beautiful backdrop to video for sure. Well, yeah. Nick, thanks again for just taking the time today to share your story with our audience and really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.